I met Dr. Esteban Marconi, and we were talking about this earlier, how the second I saw him and looked in his bright blue Italian eyes, I said, one day, I'm going to do a radio show with that man, and my goal has been achieved. Wow. And my goal has been achieved! That's right. Wow. Music Biz 101 and more on Brave New Radio. Ah, I hear you. Do you hear me? Do you hear Dr. Esteban? person we're talking to yeah, the person we're talking to is jade onori hello yes we're on the air by the way i don't hear you on the cans she's running around our person uh what's her name ashley uh ashley veltner ashley veltner she's running around trying to make sure everything sounds good right now she's doing her engineering thing she actually has a screwdriver in her hand the phone is ringing because our guest is about to come in <laughs> she's this is a very exciting time for us here at brave new radio and this this is how radio works now can you hear me yeah you sound great right now wow yeah so a brave new radio uh we have uh, the manager of arizona we're listening to arizona right now the manager of arizona the entire state uh, uh, Jake Posner, he is going to be on momentarily. We just introduced you to Jade Onori. Say hello one more time, Jade. Or you could have said you could have said hello one more time, Jade. One more time, Jade. You could have done exactly what I said. Don't call me Shirley. And then uh, again, thanks to Ashley with the screwdriver in her hand. She's going to do some uh, some work. Thanks to the bell. And of course, we want to thank Dr. Stabon in advance for being here. Well, thank you. And this is the. Last live show of 2018. Last live show of 2018, and we're Gosh. very excited about this. Going to be probably the best live show of 2018. Tonight. I hope so. Yeah. And then we have some great shows coming up. We don't come back again until uh, January. We come back January 23rd with Duke Badger, who is a VP of CRM and fan engagement at the Warner Music Group. No, we ba no basketball game that night. No, basketball January 9th and 16th. Yes. We're back on the 23rd. Okay. January 30th, Ken Mansfield, author of The Roof. The Beatles' final concert. We have early copies of the book. We just need to read it. Mine is in Braille, so I'm going to uh -huh. work that part. Hey, everybody. Hey, yes. go to musicbiz101wp.com. Sign up for the newsletter. Follow us on the Instagram, the Twitter, the Fest, the book at musicbiz101wp. 
And of course, you can listen to this podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, and the Spotify. Should we give thanks, Dr. Stabon? We better. Let's give some quick thanks because we know Jake is a busy man and he's hanging. We want to give thanks to the folks at Van Dyne Bruno Inc. White Hat Management with artists like Dave Matthews, Trez Doors Down, St. Vincent, and Kiss. There's only one place to go for your band's business management. You know where that place is, Dr. Stabon? Go to VB. CPA.com when you are ready. That's right. And we also want to give thanks to Christine Vey, a wealth manager and the president of Vey Wealth Management. Christine has helped many of our professionals at William Patterson manage their investments and plan out for their retirement. If you're looking for some guidance on how to plan out for your retirement, or if you have questions on anything from investments and portfolio management to insurance, retirement planning, give Christine a call at, repeat after me, Jade, 732. 435. 435. 1,510. 1,510. You can email or hack Christine at Leave the last oi off for savings. Speaking of savings, save time <laughs> by managing. No, you don't have to buy. You know, you should be aware that managing your band, 6th edition is available. It's just available. You don't need to do anything with it. Just know that it is out there and it can save you time. So you don't have to learn the hard way. Cover to cover. Right. Now, another way to learn the easy way, by the way, we are William Patterson University, and we do have the number one music business program at William Patterson and also one of the top ranked in Billboard. Correct, Dr. Esteban? Correct, Dr. Esteban. Thank you very much, Dr. Esteban. Uh, speaking of an easier way to lear learn about managing bands, we have our special guest tonight, Jake Posner, who manages our favorite band, Arizona. Mm -hmm. And he's going to give us some nuggets and some tips about how we can learn and become successful managers just like Jake. Jake, are you there? How you guys doing? All right. Uh, I've never been, interestingly, I've never been better in my life than this second. <laughs> Poor guy. Yeah. I'm happy to hear that. It's because of you. last show of 2018, is that correct? Last live show yes. of 2018, yes. And you're the guy. Uh, it, is, it is an honor. It is an honor. Yeah. Thank you guys oh. for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Great. I know. Oh, um, the fee that you need to submit to us to be on our show, did you submit that on the PayPal or you, did you Venmo that to me? Oh, I sent the invoice last week. Did it not get to you? Oh, man. Did not uh, receive that, uh, so there will be issues... <laughs> Um, we'll right. just remove some of the streams from uh, Arizona's most recent hit <laughs> right. single. Hey man, it, anything for the state of New Jersey, I will say that. As a, as a proud, born and raised New Yorker, considering that my boys are all Jersey, I've come to really love this place. <laughs> I would do anything for it. Right. <laughs> there we go. Um, so, so thank you, Jake, for being here. And, and you remember us, Jake? Of course I do. Okay. I, do. I met you guys at Atlantic. It was That's right. How many, it was a few, how many months ago? It was one I'm, year ago. Yeah, about a year ago. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's been, that, it's been that long. All right. So why don't you tell uh, our listeners how you found the band and uh, what they've been up to in the last year. Totally. Um, so I guess to, to start from the top, hey, my name is Jake Posner. Thank you for having me. Um, uh, I The story of, I guess, how I got involved with Arizona, how Arizona kind of started, the band themselves are three kids from New Jersey. There's David, uh, Zach, and Nate, uh, two of which, David and Zach, are from Burden County. Uh, Nate himself is from Elizabeth. So they're all they're all Jersey kids. Um, and they were writers and producers for the better part of, I would say, almost 10 years. Um, started in New Jersey under their mentor and one of our closest collaborators. His name is PJ Bianco. 
uh, in Bergen County while he was producing, and they learned under him, uh, quickly moved to Boston to go to school. One of them went to Berkeley, Nate went to Berkeley, David went to Emerson College, and Zach spent time with them in Boston and back and forth uh, producing in L.A. Um, and to, to fast forward that one all the way up, they basically hit a point when they were as writers and producers, as many do, um, you know, kind of were fed up with writing and giving their songs away to other people and wanted to take a second to really write something for them. Um, it was kind of their latch stif- the latch stitch effort of, do we want to really do music on this, you know, anymore? We're not really having the success or the fulfillment. And the, the product of that was Arizona. And they wrote our, our first song called Let Me Touch Your Fire. Uh, that night, decided the name of the band the same day. Um, and it was kind of a, a little bit of an ongoing process, start and stop, as most things are. Um, and eventually, they really started to say, you know what, let's, let's actually take a swing with it. And they put up their first cover video. Um, they actually did it with a, a buddy of ours who wanted to do a drum cover uh, to Taylor Swift's Bad Blood. But <laughs> instead of, you know, just a simple cover, they decided that, you know, why don't we make it an Arizona version of the song, you know, and just make a video out of it, make it a cool piece of content. And, and they did. Um, and that same day that they, they finished it and uploaded it, they put it up on Reddit. Um, which was where I came in. Mm. I was just a kid who has a, a background in advertising. Um, I used to write for music blogs for the better part of four or five years, all through college. Um, and I stumbled upon this post. You know, it wasn't doing any, any, any you know, crazy numbers on Reddit. It was just kind of out there. Um, and I had nothing better to do. I was actually trying to leave my, my job that I was at at the, at the time. Um, and I was really looking for the next thing that I was, I was really passionate about and wanted to really throw myself into. And it was a weird stars aligning kind of thing where, you know, I, I found this video and I wasn't a manager. I wasn't looking to manage a band. I had no real interest in managing bands. It wasn't something I ever really consciously thought of. I think it, for me, I always wanted to be, you know, I was a marketing major at school. I went to school in Indiana university. Um, I was a marketing major. I loved music. I'd worked with some brands some clothing brands before. You know, but I thought that at, at my end goal was going to be I was going to be some marketing director at a label just because I was putting marketing and, and music together. I never, ever thought about what it would be like to be a manager. Mm-hmm. Um, but that thought did happen the second I saw this video and I then found out that, you know, I, I needed to see their SoundCloud. I need to find something. And all they had was a SoundCloud, you know, no Facebook, no social media, nothing. Uh, and they had like five songs up, three of which were covers, two were originals. All of them had less than a thousand plays, you know, and I was blown away by all of it. And then I was like, you know, how else do I know about them? What else can I find of theirs? And, you know, I saw that they only had like 70 followers on SoundCloud. And <laughs> that was kind of like the, the oh crap moment of, I think I just found something. I don't know what to either. I could just kind of be like, uh not exactly sure how i want to proceed with this this is kind of this is really cool but i'm not a manager i can't do anything about it or the other side of it which you know kind of the the angel devil situation on my shoulder was like well you know dude you used to write for blogs and you definitely know how music can get on the internet it doesn't mean that you know how to make someone a number one you know a number one artist overnight but the very least is you know the passion was there this was i mean when i found it i'm like this is my new favorite band you know, and it was like, you know how to connect the dots at least start the ball to roll, you know, and, and how hard could it really be? How, how, what could it really be like? You know, and, and that was a moment to where I was like, you know what? 
I, I, I just felt like it was time to take a leap and I did. And, you know, I'm, I'm really, really grateful to, you know, with everything that's happened so far, you know, we just, we just got off of tour this summer with Panic at the Disco, played 25 arenas around the country, Madison Square Garden, Staples Center, mm-hmm. you know, things that, things that a bunch of kids from the East Coast would never have imagined, especially, you know, a bunch of kids who started a project like this off of a whim together. Um, and, and, you know, and, and, and here being, interviewed on a you know on the radio i'm pretty i'm pretty stoked about that um, <laughs> mm-hmm. so yeah. how, how did uh how did atlantic find them um atlantic found us uh as a result of when we first started so the the bad blood cover went up in june of 2015 uh about the end of june of 2015 so to give you the timeline uh i had found them i think it was june 29th of of 2015 uh, only reason I remember that exact day is I actually ended up getting it tattooed. <laughs> but, um, but so I found them then. We really got things started, I would say, July, which was basically what was happening was just me hitting every single tastemaker, blogger, anyone that had a voice, big or small, on the Internet. You know, because I knew if I was this crazy about the music, I would be crazy to think that no one else would be. Um, and so I just I started hitting everyone, and it wasn't until august of 2015 to where we got a placement on a a decently big youtube uh channel called mr suicide sheep and that was a channel that i went to i frequented very very often just because they have great taste in music but you know from even now a marketer's point of view they also had a substantial substantial following at at that time it was probably three to five million people um you know and and the idea of being of, of arizona getting a chance to to be on that platform was was huge and we ended up getting uh getting some we i submitted us but we ended up getting like and you know, they found the song they wanted to post it and they posted it on i think it was like august 8th of 2015 which i then treated as kind of our official release date for our first our first like kind of pushed single called i was wrong um and it was really really i would say if not days uh, after that, that we really started having conversations with Atlantic, uh, and particularly uh, artist partner group, which is called APG, which is a label that we are directly signed to, but we're serviced through Atlantic, and Atlantic is definitely our family. Mm-hmm. So, so a- APG. So, uh, is APG an Atlantic-owned label, or tell us about that relationship of how you found APG sure. and, and what their uh, coexistences with Atlantic sure so APG was a label founded and started by uh, Mike Karen who is obviously a very notable a and in the you know in the world of music who was once the, the global president global president of A&R uh, for Warner worldwide started his own label venture called the artist partner group um, and so Mike was the one who who signed us Mike and a, and a guy named Ben Madahi who we still have a ton of love for he's no longer there um, but they had found us. They, had, I mean, I think it was a result of that placement. But you know, one of the things, and they they don't like they don't like us to forget this either. Was they did find us on Hype Machine, uh, probably a few days prior to that actually going up. Um, a kid named Andre Heard, who was uh, Andre was working under Ben Madahi, who at the time was the president of APG. Um, he had found the song. He had then sent it to Ben. Ben was have the exact same feeling that I had it when I heard them, and all he wanted to do was find a way to get us to work together. So he tried to get us, you know, I, I had my email somewhere visible 
you know, and he had hit me and reached out and said, hey, you know, my ben, my name is Ben Madahi. I'm the president of Artist Publishing Group, of Artist Partners. And, um, you know, I, I, I want to have a conversation. You know, I found the music. I'm, I'm in love with the music, and I want to see if you guys, you know, are working with anyone or if there's any way for us to get involved. And, you know, for a bunch of kids who, some of, I mean, the, the boys, as, as writers and producers, I think had the preconceptions of what it was like to, you know, to work with a label or, you know, whether it's good or bad things that they had heard in the past. But, you know, at the end of the day, we didn't really know what to expect. So, you know, and for me, and honestly, when we first started, I was, I was kind of like a, a bright eyed, just very excited to be here. I still am. I still very much am. But, you know, for the idea of someone saying, let's meet, have a meeting, it was an immediate like, yes, of course, there's no, of course, let's have a meeting, you know? So I think we, you know, the process kind of continued to where um, we set up a, a Skype call. I remember this, we, t we set up a Skype call. We were at Starbucks um, in Glenrock, New Jersey. <laughs> and we, uh, we just were in the back, you know, trying to figure out, we didn't have a, we didn't really know what the common place to take the Skype call was, but we took it there. Um, and we got to meet Ben. We got to kind of get an understanding of, you know, clearly his, his interest level in the band. And he was really, really he very, very passionate about it. And we saw that, which was a big thing for us because, you know, the last thing you want is to, to work with someone who's not really passionate about you. Um, but he had asked us if we had any music to share or if we could, if you could, they could fly us out and we could share some music in L.A. And the funny thing was at the time, you know, we were really just getting everything started. We didn't have a catalog of music to share. You know, it was just kind of like every day, you know, this is late summer, and every day we would get together. I was I was still working at my, I was working at an ad agency. Um, I would leave my agency uh, after work, but the guys would get up, you know, basically normal working hours, and they'd all get together at, uh, at David's house. You know, they'd get into the studio, and they'd just write until they, you know, until they wrote something that really felt right, until they made something really special. And that was kind of the first, I would say it was kind of more or less the first, the process of the first year of music was, you know, it was just kind of a, in, a stream of consciousness thing. And, you know, we didn't have a catalog to kind of fall back on. It was all, it was all just fresh stuff. And were they, was there much of a live show yet at that point? Oh, not even. Oh, okay. No, Zach, so Zach, our lead singer, had never, ever in his life performed on a stage before. <laughs> um, so at that point, the first, our first show, what was our first show? I think our the first show we ever really formally did as Arizona um, in a show context, I believe it might have been, uh, we played the studio at Webster Hall. And we actually, we opened for, for a guy named Wow, who's doing very, very well now. He's a really good guy. Um, and at that point, I don't think Zach had ever really sang on stage. Huh. And it was, a, it was a really, really interesting thing because we, there was no, there was no development to the live show whatsoever. I think, you know, it's kind of, it was the very, very early beginning of the trial and error process of, of creating the live show, of figuring out, you know, how should how should we create, you know, what's the experience like? What are the songs like? You know, how do we really translate this? So that was, that was the first, I think our first show that he ever really performed live. Hmm. That's so interesting because it seems like it's just totally backwards. 
You know, I mean, <laughs> bands play and they play and they play, and then they get to play at uh, Webster or whatever. And here, it's, this is like your first gig, and you're yeah. sort of, you know, all thumbs doing it. Well, it's funny. I think the way that it all started, I think a lot of it had to do with timing. And that's, I mean, that very much that's life, too, where from a timing standpoint, you know, the t from the moment I found Arizona in June of 2015, that was still a point in time to where the Internet, when it came to the blog scene and a lot of the tastemakers outside of the major publications, still had an impact, still had a voice. You know, the Spotify playlisters that, you know, no longer really have as much of a voice on Spotify, you know, because now a lot of the playlists are the playlists are actually generated by Spotify. They all had platforms. And when Arizona came around, it just so happened that the skill that I had, the skill that I was planning to go into this with to say, hey, how do we create the awareness for Arizona? just so happened to be con directly connected to everyone who still had a voice in music. So finding these blogs started to kind of create the groundswell on the Internet of who is Arizona, listening to Arizona's music. You know, the, the Mr. Suicide Sheep with, you know, all the followers and subscribers when we put out I Was Wrong. You know, I'm putting that out on, you know, August 8th of 2015, having some kind of basic awareness, but also at the same time people finding it and searching it kind of started immediately kind of ringing bells over at Spotify as far as their algorithm is concerned, just considering a lot of people from the band that no one's ever heard of are saving and they're adding it to playlists. And, you know, this one song is getting a lot of love, which translated then pretty quickly to, you know, Spotify's programming team and their playlisters all saying, you know, this, this song is good. Let's put it on and give it exposure to playlists. So, you know, kind of really the, the initial story of Arizona when it, when it kind of started was, you know, we were just a, a weird internet rare. I, I don't know. It's kind of like a what's the word? It's like an outlier to where mm -hmm. you know, this, this stuff is not supposed to happen this way. You know, a band is supposed to be cutting their teeth on the road for years before they get any kind of decent placement in Spotify. And you know, these kids were, but these kids also weren't traditional art like artists in the in, in the term of the, the phrase, just because. You know, they were writers and producers. They were never supposed to be the artists. You know, Nate has always been a, a performer. David has always been a performer. You know, David, David especially in church. And, you know, Nate was in metal bands. But we never, ever thought of ourselves to say, you know, we're going to be a touring band. You know, I can tell you for sure that was never really a thought for the three of them together until this just really started to happen. So... You know, I mean, a big thanks in part to the Internet for just really getting behind the music and falling in love with it. And, you know, quickly things just kind of evolved from that was, you know, we had conversations with naturally with Atlantic, which had quickly led to conversations with, you know, agents that leading up to us eventually going to the uh, United Talent Agency for representation. There were just other agencies that wanted to have kind of have at it and. It was it was cool. We were we were lucky, humbled, and confused all at the same time because this was all happening. Mm -hmm. I think for, <laughs> and I and I think for for me, it's always been really about it. You know, it, it, we're happy to be here. We're, we make sure that we think things through, and it's all about making sure we're taking the right steps. There's a lot happening always at once, and you know, making sure you're thinking things through as far as how can this build from here? Are these the right decisions that we're making? You know, I think that's a, that's a super super important thing to me. Mm -hmm. And it's really, uh, I mean, credit goes to Atlantic too for sort of taking 
what they would normally not take in a textbook and uh and and going with it and that might yeah. be partly because you were the way you presented the band and the way you presented what you guys were thinking of doing and the direction you were taking and the steps you were taking instead of just going yeah. in there and saying we got this tune and it's cool and what are you guys going to do with it you know well and i can i can tell you i can tell you another thing that that i think definitely played a part in everything was um and this is just i think the nature of who we are as people was as we signed you know we're we're all very hands-on guys but we we care a lot about every single aspect of, of our project every single aspect of the arizona brand and especially starting a partnership with someone so new we, you know signing to atlantic and 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 having their HQ be so close to us, you know, in Bergen County, 20 minutes over the bridge, you know, and Atlantic Records being in, you know, right above Times Square in New York mm -hmm. City, you know, we were like, that's an, that's an easy drive. We're like, you know, this is part of our job now. We'd love to just go to Atlantic all the time and sit down with our team, get to know them. And especially as I was taking a lot of introductory meetings, I would bring the band with me. You know, it was all of us wanted to be part of it. And I think what really also helped you know i think just create such a special dynamic and family that we have at atlantic records in new york was the fact that you know the band and i were present and you know it's funny because i anyone in atlantic would say this too is like you know we were there almost every day mm. you know it was we had we had desks that we just would kind of take over there were empty <laughs> desks that weren't used um and we would just kind of pop over the video department and we'd have like two arizona desks of just us hanging, you know, even if even if there wasn't anything particularly that all of us were working on, there was always something to do. There was always someone to talk to. Um, and I think it really, it played a big part in, in building this, this amazing dynamic that we have. And I think it also helped keep us top of mind for other things just naturally. Mm -hmm. You know, and that was, and I, I, and the crazy part was it wasn't any kind of intended strategy. It wasn't kind of a like, let's just be around, you know, because then they'll think of us. It was more of like, we want to spend time with the people that want to spend time with us. And, you know, from that, as a result of that, we really got to kind of it, synergy was the, was the biggest kind of output of that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's really how we found you. Cause you were just hanging out that day. <laughs> exactly that. And basically, uh, yes. And a lot of, a lot of credit to Paul Sinclair too, for thinking of me for it. Sure. Sure. That's right. And, uh, and we actually have to thank Paul Sinclair multiple times for hooking us up with you originally. <laughs> and then um, he actually um, has a question for you. And, okay. uh, and we, have, we have a student co-host named Jade. And Paul, uh, Jade's going to read some text, uh, tweets to you later. Paul texted me a question, that one right there. And uh, Jade's going to read this to you. Hi, Jade. Hi. Okay, so this question oh, is, yeah. what is the single most impactful thing outside of radio that you think has moved your band to the next level? Um, I mean, I mean this in, in a few ways, but the people, I think word of mouth has been a huge part of it. Um, and I think that's varied in, in, a, in a large array of ways, considering, you know, a good example is there's a girl named Desi Perkins uh, who lives out in California, and she's a familiar name to some because she's a pretty well-known makeup blogger. And... She wasn't someone who, when we first started putting out the music, that was kind of a natural, you know, let's send this music to her and she'll, you know, she'll promote it to her fan base. But, you know, it was people like Desi who, you know, having the influence that she has, she had, had 
reached out to me and said, hey, you know, I'm a really big fan of Arizona. Um, would it be possible for me to, to include their music in, in my, you know, in some of my videos? And, you know, like, I won't just even put one song. Like, I want to put, like, a bunch of them on my blog. And, you know, the natural reaction for us was like, yeah, of course, anyone that wants to share the, that wants to share the music we want to share it with. And, you know, it's people like Desi. It's people that, it's people that even have ex- much, much smaller followings that are just, I mean, anyone. Like, like any of us just posting it, you know, I think word of mouth was a big, big, big tool and what has even brought us to the place that we're at now. And, you know, we have so much, so, so much further to go, but, you know, I think it really, a big part of it was people really advocating and being vocal about the music that they loved it. Mm, that's cool. Um, <clears throat> let's take, um, a few steps back if we may. Sure. And, um, go back to, at what point did you and the band really formalize your relationship? Did you guys, well, mm. even before that, yeah. was there a band agreement be, uh, among the members? And then at what point was there an agreement between you and the band, uh, like a sure. formal agreement um, with an attorney? And which, which came first? So it all happened very fluidly. And I think, I'm, I think it's pretty safe to say that before I met them, the band never had any kind of paperwork or agreements with, with each other. It was more of, I mean, it's, it's the way that we approach a lot of things. We're just, we're just going with the flow and, you know, if it works, it works and we keep going. But, um, at the point that I had met them, they had nothing. They, we, I reached out to them on the internet. We spent, I found out that they were in New Jersey. I myself was in, was in Manhattan you know, and I was, I said, you know, can we meet up? I'd love to spend some time with you guys, get to know you. Um, and so we met up about a week or two later. We spent, you know, four or five hours together. We met up on the High Line in Chelsea just because I was in the financial district and they were in Jersey. And I, I assumed that that would be a good central location to meet. <laughs> you know, we spent some time together. We hit it off. And then, you know, basically that conversation ended of me saying, you know, if you guys like I'm in this if you guys want to do it, if you guys really want to do it, because at that point they hadn't met any other managers, hadn't met people that were interested in the project. I think it was really just a, you know, this is, I I can't believe someone's reaching out to us because he likes the music. Like, you know, we don't think it's going anywhere. Like we're just putting it out. And if it doesn't work, like, you know, Zach was going to go be a history teacher. Nate was doing it. David was working at Al Jazeera. Um, You know, everyone had real pursuits that they thought this was going to be, you know, but, here I was, you know, just a, a kid that was saying, I, I love your music. I want to help you however I can. Do you want to do it? And their, their response was like, you know, absolutely. Let's, let's do it. And so what that kind of had catered to process wise was for the next bunch of, I mean, bunch of weeks, but even days following, uh, after work, the guys would come on the weekends to my apartment in the, in the financial district and we would work out of my apartment. And one of the, I mean, naturally the first conversations that we had, because I mean, mind you, too, not not being a prior, prior, previously being a manager, I was like, you know, I don't have paperwork. I didn't have any knowledge of, 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 of making them sign. I mean, obviously, I took music industry classes, so I knew about this, but I wasn't planning to make them sign any kind of formal manager paperwork. For me, it was more of, you know, I think all of us had talked about it, and we were like, you know, we're a group. Like, let's at least start, foundationally, let's start a company. Um, and what we actually founded was an LLC. Um and we, we actually founded that LLC together uh, in equal parts, too, which was, you know, amongst four of us was just what felt natural to us. It's kind of like it was like a pirate ship. If we all win, we win together. If we lose, we all lose together. We go down with the ship. Um, 
And so it was really only, I would say, it was a few weeks after we had all first met that we did it and, you know, decided to incorporate that because I think for us it was more, it was important to kind of just, it's time to raise a flag up. You know, it doesn't matter who's who's standing where on the ship. We're, we are one unit, you know, and so it was, it all it all kind of happened together that way. Hmm. And, and how come LLC instead of partnership? It is an LLC partnership. I think that was a formality. I literally we opened it up on LegalZoom, and we just <laughs> we were like, "How do we <laughs> starting a company?" You know. Um, so it's. It, I mean, just for I guess for formal purposes, it was. It ended up being an LLC partnership. Right. Which which is fine. I was just curious if if um. Because there is a difference between an LLC and a partnership legally. Um, don't ask right. me to tell you what those differences are, but there are differences. <laughs> and I was just curious right. if you, at that point, and you answered the question because you did it with LegalZoom and you did what you thought. Like, I've started a company and I went to LegalZoom and just did an LLC. Uh, I've done the yeah. same thing in the past. So just because that's what I thought was the thing to do. So I wasn't curious at that point. At what point did you uh, get an attorney? And at what point did you need an attorney? Um, I mean, so we needed from the, the way the process went, obviously, just considering the fact that things picked up very fast, it wasn't long before we needed an attorney. Um, so PJ Bianca, who I had mentioned before, he's also, you know, one of our, one of our partners as well. And, you know, I think one of the first things, and PJ's also, he's about, uh, eight or nine years our senior. Um, and so he, and he had been in the music industry. He's, he's a, you know, a successful multi-platinum producer. You know, but he'd also, he's seen these things. He knows as a new act, he was like, you know, you guys need to get a lawyer, especially if there's a, a there's a, 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 a label deal coming, you know, or there's even label conversations happening. You need to make sure that someone's representing you. And then and all of us obviously agreed, but, you know, he was like, you know, I have a fantastic lawyer in LA. His name is Guy Blake. Um, you know, let me introduce you guys. So we, we, we met pretty quickly and, you know, Guy was representing us really since the very beginning. It was only a few months after we had all started. Okay. What's, what's interesting is um, you always wonder about the conflict of interest between artist and manager and attorney, and should there be two attorneys, one, and there probably should be, if you're in the traditional uh, arrangement in which you're the manager, they're the artist, yep. and you need your attorney, yep. they need theirs, so there's no conflict of interest. You guys don't want to share an attorney. But in this case, it's interesting because you guys were, uh, were, a, were a partnership. You, know, you were mm -hmm. a company together, yeah. so you did not need um, – you, you were going at this to get you – know, holding hands and jumping off the cliff together versus they're jumping and you're in a helicopter you know, watching them I mean, from your perspective. Yeah, and I think it's funny because I, I think we all – Arizona is more than just Zach, Nate, and Dave. I think I, just, you know, the, the, the people on stage play the – you know, the people on stage and people producing the music, that's a part of it. And I think all of us play different parts. I think the job of the manager, there are obviously very specific tasks that I'm – you know, that I assume. There are very specific tasks that the band assumes that, you know, neither of which, you know, we can't really operate without the other. Um, but, you know, I think that – Having a lawyer represent us as a group rather than having, you know, my own lawyer representation, you know, interfacing with the group's lawyer and, you know, setting that as some kind of precedent. I think, obviously, and of course, it makes sense for for for, for many, many, many managers and people in the industry. Um, but just for what we were setting up and building, I think it wasn't even part of the mentality. It was a very simple, like, again, we are a unit and... 
if there's anything anyone needs, if there's any questions anyone has, you know, we have one guy that represents, literally guy, one guy who represents <laughs> Arizona. Um, and, yeah, I mean, again, I think it was, an, it was an, it, it, and certainly I was, you know, it wasn't completely like, we weren't blind to the fact that not a lot of people were structuring their business that way, especially artists, obviously. The, you know, I remember when we first met our business managers and when we first met Guy in person, to say, the, the fact to say is like, you know, you guys are starting, you know, an LLC partnership together. I just want you guys to know, you know, if you're not already aware, that that's not your, your typical structure of partnership, especially when it comes to having a manager. And, mm-hmm. you know, again, I think all of us, it's more of, you know, I, we all just wanted to put the work in from day one. We're all, we all care about this equally. This is, this is, you know, this is our livelihood. This is, I think for us is the thing that we care about most in the world. And it was, it, it doesn't matter whose job is what, you know, and, and what role we're supposed to play. I think at the end of the day, we're all in this together. So, you know, that was, that's kind of, I mean, that's kind of just the way we are as people, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So what's coming up for the band? A lot of exciting things. So um, I'm actually calling you from from outside uh, outside Zach and Zach's house and one of our our studio uh, in Jersey. Um, we're, we're right now we're in the process of working on album two, um, which should be coming in somewhere somewhere in 2019, probably early 2019. Um, on top of that, we have a lot of exciting tour plans. I can't really speak to just yet. Um, but if you haven't seen an Arizona show in 2019, I can assure you, you probably will. Um, and that's, and that's the most exciting thing to say, you know, especially knowing it's a really, it's a cool thing to, to kind of watch how things go. Cause the ebbs and flows of music, you know, it's, especially when you're starting as a band, you don't really know where you're going to be in two months. You know, you don't really know if you're going to have anything to do in two months or, or what, what point of your life is going to kind of happen. And, and we've been really, really really lucky and blessed to kind of get to a point to where now I actually have some kind of idea of what the next six months are like, you know? Um, and it's exciting. It's cool to kind of be able to, to kind of have a plan falling, falling together, but a lot of really exciting announcements as far as new music and, and touring will be coming probably in the top of the year. Um, but you know, I'm sorry, I can't share too much detail, but you know, it's it's been it's been really. I mean, as far as even reflecting on the last year, it's been incredible. We played a lot of festivals for the first time. Uh, we played Lollapalooza for the second time this year on mm-hmm. a main stage. Uh, we played Austin City Limits for the first time this year. We played Mexico City at Corona Capital wow. uh, this past month, which you know, and this is that was actually outside of Canada. That was our first international play. Um, and you know Mexico City is an incredible, incredible city, especially as it considered, you know, as, as it concerns music, just because there are so many hardcore fans out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had no real expectation of what what we were going to walk out to, and we were in a tent, and it was it probably fit somewhere in the realm of ten thousand people, and the, the tent was overflowing, which was, you know, that not I mean, like never in your wildest dreams do you ever think that you would, you know, see something like that, and. You know, it's it's been cool. It's been cool to see the the music being received everywhere right now, and we're just trying to keep it going. We're trying to make sure we make the right decisions. We're trying to tour smart. We're trying to release the music and tell you know, make sure we're spacing things out. But we're also kind of really fostering the creative process to make you know to keep the integrity of everything we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
you mentioned UTA is your agency. Who's your agent? Uh, so our agents are David Galea and Ryan Edmondson uh, over at UTA, and they are, I mean, they've been they've been with us more or less since day one, and they are diehard Arizona guys, and it's it's really we're really really lucky to have them. They work their asses off for us every day. Uh, Galea, David is a is a New York guy, and Ryan is a Jersey guy, so it's. I know the, the, another thing too with us is a lot of our crew are East Coast kids, and I think it just naturally happened. But you know, I think we we have a you know it's kind of an it's an unspoken kind of we we you, familiarity with each other um, that just kind of really caters to uh, to to a great family. And that's what sold you on UTA versus any of the other agencies that may have been trying to sign you guys. No, I mean. There were certainly a variety of factors as well, but I think for us, when it came to to Ryan and Galia, I mean, they had you know a lot of experience building acts that we we really really loved. You know, at the time it was it was ex ambassadors and Foles and Paramore, and you know they just and and on top of that, it was just really simply the passion that they had about the music um, and the level to which we all were able to really get comfortable with each other. And I think it was just really natural there. Good. Okay. Tweet. Uh, yeah, uh, in one sec, I will. Jade is going to read a tweet to you. We only have 11 minutes sure. left, and this is, I feel sure. like, the Mueller investigation, and we need like 15 hours with you. <laughs> um, to, well, but uh, while we're just on the on, uh, on the agency part, uh, we had uh, yeah. somebody who I'm sure you're very friendly with, Harlan Fry, um, on our show a month or so ago. And that was a great, yeah. great show. And he was talking about, it was really interesting. Uh, he talked a lot about his relationships with managers and how he felt about managers and he said there were very good managers people like you and people who were willing yeah. to learn and soak you know like a sponge then there were many managers who were not communicating as often and who were not uh you know learning or were not trying as hard or just didn't have their act together um can you yeah. talk about uh harlan by the way for listeners is the uh evp of touring and artist development for atlantic records mm -hmm. and so could you talk about how often you're dealing with harlan and absolutely okay and um kind of uh, all the different things that you do with his de uh his department because it's also artist development yeah. and then we could kind of listen back to the harlan fry podcast and uh, that'll be everybody's assignment after this go <laughs> <laughs> i mean Harlan Fry is, is an amazing, amazing man, and I, I really credit a lot to what I've learned, especially about the touring world, but about art. I mean, a to artist development as it pertains to touring as well from Harlan, you know, and I think, you know, simply being, I was, I, you know, signing to a label as, as a 23-year-old kid, you know, managing a band with, you know, only background knowledge and passive, you know, I took some music industry class knowledge, you know, you don't really know what it takes to, to, to build a touring act in the big leagues, quote-unquote, of being signed to a label and really trying to do it for real. And, you know, especially being around the office all the time, I just I tried to, to kind of interface with Harlan wherever I could. I'd knock on his door, sit down on his couch, hang out. You know, we'd talk about the shows that he's seen us do and the improvements he sees that we can make. And, you know, it was him and, and a girl named Annie Fluke who actually just got promoted to the she's now director of touring at electra and she is also one of our favorite people in the world but you know having them kind of help us step by step to make sure that you know even when it came to choosing an agent you know harlan and annie were people that i came to to say you know what how do you feel about you know is this 
Does this feel like the right fit? What are the things that we should be looking for in an agent? You know, what are what are the important things when it came to, you know, certain agents would reach out to me and they were a little bit more touch and go as opposed to, you know, there's an agent that just keeps banging the door down every day. He's just trying to find out if we're interested, you know, with just enough, you know, just enough touch to not be, to be annoying. You know, and it was like, it was, it was, it were simple, simple things. Like you want that person that's passionate. You want to kind of make sure that you're, you're building it this way or, you know, these are the looks that are important. And, you know, you have to think about creating moments on stage. You know, when it came to things that I've learned from Harlan, it was, it's really, I mean, it's just so much knowledge of, of how successful touring artists run their business. And I mean, that's what it is. It's artist development, but it's also, you know, artist development doesn't only apply to the artist on stage, but it applies to how you think about the whole process of building your touring business. You know, and these are things to where, you know, also where when we needed resources, we didn't have, you know, if we needed in-ear monitors or we needed a rehearsal space and we're not, you know, we, we had had questions that pertain to touring of, you know, this is a challenge that we're facing and we're trying to accomplish this for the good and welfare of our touring business. Is there a way that we can, you can help us? And they were the resource. It was almost like a guidance counselor for touring in the best way possible. <laughs> Um, and they still, and they still, Harlan still very much is with us. And it's, it's so important because we don't have, you know, it's, to have that kind of mentorship as you're building a business from someone who's really done it, um, is invaluable. That's great. Okay. All right. Jade is going to read another tweet to you. Yeah. This Let's is it, a question for me. So what are the do's and don'ts when you first start off managing a band? Um, the, the first the, the first do, and it's a really important do, is communicate, um, mm-hmm. especially when you start managing a band. I think inside of that, it really falls to get to know, get to know every part of, of you know, whether it's, it's one or it's one person or it's, or it's three in my case. But, you know, I think it's really, really, really important to get to know your artists, not just the music that they make, not just, you know, surface level things, but I think to get to know each other as people, because before you know it, you can kind of speak the same language as you understand the way that this person would interpret the situation. And I think, you know, it's really important to be able to understand personality. Um, you know, just because as a manager, you want to not only do the right, do right by what you think is best for the business, but also understand that the decisions you make are going to impact, you know, your artists and everyone processes things differently. So it's also how you communicate to them. Um, don't, what would be a good, the first don't when you're managing an artist, I, and this, I guess, this is a core philosophy of mine as well. It's not always about money. I don't think the first don't is don't don't start talking about money. Um, I think the core product of music and and, and what the, the product of quote unquote I guess the music is really important. It's about it's really about building out your vision and making sure that you're you're taking the right steps to kind of keep building your platform as opposed to financially what the benefits of you know doing certain things are as opposed to others i think that was just kind of at least for me that's always been that's always been a really big part of my mentality i don't really think about the money first obviously like everyone needs to survive everyone wants to buy things but you know i think you have to think about what how it can kind of help you build what you're trying to what you're trying to do before you think about the financial implications because you know this is a very idealistic perspective on life but you know, I think if you really love something and you work at it, you know, the money will eventually come. Right. 
Jessica Esmeralda wants to know what the most valuable lesson you've learned from being in this industry from when you first started is. The most valuable lesson. It's a good question. Um, I think don't be afraid to fail is one, um, especially, you know, coming from a new kid who, you know, certainly had had my share of failures nothing you know I, I big or small you know whether it was something that had to do with interfacing with the label or making certain a decision in one way or it was making a decision without consulting the band fully on it and, and then you know you get the you get kind of the consequences of that stuff i think don't be afraid to fail but also just kind of that's the biggest thing i've learned i guess is that it is okay and we stress ourselves out so much to make sure we do everything perfectly but you learn from failing and it's, it's, a, it's obviously a very, very common phrase, but I think it's, it's so true. Mm -hmm. And Jeff Sawyerman wants to know what the Sourman. Sourman. Jeff, Jeff Sourman, Jeff please. Sourman. <laughs> uh, my apologies. I'm sorry, Jake. Goodness. By the way, it's Jake Poser, not Poser. We were unsure right. how to say your name. <laughs> I would not. Yes, but it was close enough. <laughs> <laughs> so back to the Jeff Sourman question. Yes, he wants yes. to know what is the hardest thing to stay on top of as a manager? Um... In, I think it's honestly, it's, 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 sometimes it's my inbox. Um, <laughs> and, I, and, a, and, a, and a great lesson that I learned uh, from an amazing lawyer in New York named Jeff Gandell, uh, it, I mean, it's, it's really, it's so simple, but I think a big part of really managing your own bandwidth and just managing your own sanity too, because I was the guy in the beginning who every single text message, every single email, I wanted answered immediately. And that's, that's again, so ideal, but, you know, life, Life is life, and, you know, volume only gets bigger sometimes to where, you know, there are more emails and more text messages. And, you know, I think uh, for me, you know, I think there was a point in time to where you have to recognize, you know, what can wait versus what needs to be answered now. And I think, you know, it's always been very important for me to make sure that the ship has to stay afloat, the ship has to keep tracking forward. But sometimes, especially when it comes to prioritizing your own personal life and your own mental health, you know, you have to have some kind of balance. So, you know, I think the hardest thing to stay on top of has definitely been my inbox, but I think it's knowing how to approach that stuff when it's, you know, if it's an email that can wait tomorrow, you keep, I have, I have a million productivity apps in my phone, um, <laughs> you know, to make sure I don't miss stuff. Isn't that ironic? Um, <laughs> oh, so much, <laughs> so much, many things um, to help you be productive and yeah, I mean, look, I mean, I, I strive for the highest level of productivity, but I also strive to be a functioning human at all times of the day, you know, and there's there's only so much time for both, um, you know, and so I think that especially as a manager, a big part of a big component of my job, which, you know, you don't always, you don't anticipate in the beginning, was, it was a lot of it is very social. You know, I take a lot of meetings. I go to a lot of lunches, dinners, and drinks, and I always try to meet people. It's always really important to me. I learn from other people, and... You know, it's a really small community out here. As you know, it's much smaller than everyone thinks. And, you know, on top of that, there's always something to work on. There's always something to do. And I think it's just trying to find the balance and striking the balance is super important. So, you know, staying on top of all communications, you only have so much bandwidth. You know, you're only so much of a person to be able to do that at once. So that's definitely one of the harder parts. But I, I, I like to think that I've gotten a much better handle on it over the past few years. All right. Mm -hmm. That's the bell. 
All right. <laughs> so, like I said, we needed uh, 15 hours. We just, uh, this went very quickly for me. Dr. Stephen, yeah. did you have a good time listening to Jake? Yes, I did. So, so Jake, it's uh, unanimous. Well, thank you guys for one. having me. Oh, yeah, it was, it was really excellent. And um, we have to keep up this relationship and learn more about you and follow you guys. And um, this has been awesome. So we do appreciate you being here. Yeah, it's really, you know, great to hear a DIY a DIY, uh, sorry, a DIY guy, do it and continue to do it yeah. and have the passion that you have and be successful rather than getting yeah, we're, a manager we're, we're that's just, already We're really just managing. happy to be here, man. We're mm -hmm. just trying to keep it moving. Yeah, great. Excellent. Well, great. We'll let you keep moving. you got to get back into the studio and get off that road. So um, we heard the cars <laughs> going back and forth, so we weren't, sure, we weren't sure if you were actually walking the yellow line. Oh, I pay... I I pace when I talk, so I went outside and paced <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> That's great. We appreciate it, and thank you very much. Let's have let's give Jake a huge yeah. hand. Giant hands thank clapping you guys. for thank you, Thank you so much for having me. Uh, thank you. really appreciate it. Have a great night. Give our love to all the boys. Mm -hmm. you, I will, I will. You guys, too. Okay, thank you. Thanks. Happy last episode. Yes. <laughs> of 2018. <laughs> last episode <laughs> ever, we'll call you as well. Course, you can do that. All right. All right. Thanks, man. <laughs> Bye. Bye, guys. That was Jake Posner. We just had Jake on the line. Yes. Jade, what did you learn from Jake? A lot. <laughs> All right. Very good. Okay. I'm, I'm glad uh, in her sophomore year, she's just peaked. All she right. learned a lot. Oh, yeah. You know yeah. we could use? Money. A best of. Yeah, a best of show? <laughs> a best of show. Yeah, okay. No, I mean, just starting to think now mm -hmm. of what shows you really thought we're jam-packed and then take a right. piece from from each one. Great. Okay. And do that for a one hour. That Yeah. It probably need to be a two-hour because they're yeah, I'm not being joking around. There is a lot of good stuff. Like that I Harlan know. Fry episode I listened to again recently, the whole thing, like top right. to bottom, especially the beginning banter between you and I was great. But Right. I just um, didn't want to get into two hours. thought I'd bore everybody. Uh, but no, we could yeah. intersperse our... Um, yeah. 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 What do you think about that, Ashley? You think that's a good idea? Ashley gave us a thumbs up. She's mm -hmm. also giving us the finger because she wants us to stop talking. So right. uh, is, is the uh, three ring, three, three rock ring next? Okay, good. So um, there's nobody after us except oh. some wonderful, wonderful music. There's going to be some Engelbert Humperdinck after this. Wow. There's going to be some Jerry Vale. Wow. Uh, there's going to be some Lou Rawls. Boy, and it's Christmas songs. Too. Yeah, and a lot of Christmas after this and right. holiday music. It's you state go with the halter. I'm going to wear my halter, you my go, halter top. You, you go with the halter is the... Uh, traditional sleigh ride, the orchestra version of sleigh ride uh -huh. that you hear all the time. Mm -hmm. Do you know who Hugo Winterhalter was? No. Okay. He was the counterpart to Mitch Miller in the 50s. Oh, really? Did you know who Mitch Miller was? Sing along with Mitch, follow the bouncing yes, ball. Yes, but what was Mitch's real job? Mitch was an A&R rep for he Columbia? He was the head of A&R Columbia. Okay. And Hugo was the head of A&R at RCA. Oh, look at that. And then they got together and... They could, I don't this think was, they got together at all. No, because no. if this was uh, 2019, Mitch and Hugo would have uh, done a radio show on Brave New Radio called Maybe. Music Biz 101 right. and more. Like Irving. That's right, Berlin. So we want to thank you all for listening. We want to thank Ashley Weltner for being here. Thank you, Ashley. Yes. Thank you, Ashley, so much. OMG, thank you so much. Hey, let's give thanks to Jade Onori for being yes. here. Oh, thank you so much. She learned so much tonight. So much. Thank you so much. She yeah. learned a lot. 
Dr. Right. Esteban, thank you so much. And thank you for another wonderful year, my co-host. It was a wonderful David year, wasn't Kirk it? Phil. We learned so much and we gave so much to our people, Boy, our listeners, our followers, right, and our friends. And we can't even kid and say the check's in the mail. No, we can't because... we're uh, not allowed to say anything about money. No, we are not allowed, and, right. nor Czechoslovakians. So, ah. between the both, there you go. ba bum more jokes, more laughter coming in 2019. Next live show is going to be, as we said, January 23rd, year of our Lord, 2019. Until then, you're going to have some replays. You're going to have uh, Harlan Fry is next week. Mm -hmm. We mentioned Cindy De Silva, Harvey Leeds, and some basketball. Go Pioneers. And then we'll be back. So Talking we should... about the Beatles. Going to be talking about the Beatles. Then uh, the COO of Concord Music, Glenn Barrows, just booked for March 20th. So nice. we're looking forward to that. Kind of a great year. Thank you so much for listening. At the end of every show, we do not say hello. Do you know what we say, Jade? What? We say, uh, join with me and say adios.